This is Serena Catania for U.S. Times, and I am talking with a dear friend who I've known for, I'm not going to tell you guys how many years, but Dick Delson is an author and a marketing, advertising, and publicity expert who has a very long history in Hollywood working on some of the most successful films of all times. He has worked on projects that have been nominated for over 200 Academy Awards, and some of them, actually 75 of them, one. So I would say, Dick, you have a long history here. How are you today? I'm pretty good. You know, I've been in the movie business 45 years. I know it inside out, backward and forward. <laughs> the greatest city in the world to me, and I've been all over the place, is New York. And I left New York because I couldn't stand snow and I couldn't stand cold weather. That's why I moved to Los Angeles. And that's why I'm going back. And now you're back in Maine. Well, we hope you come back to Hollywood so we can see you more often. I want to tell some of our listeners, you have some amazing stories. So we're going to do a few of these little trips down memory lane with you, if that's okay. And there's one in particular. You worked with a man who is revered in our industry and also feared in our industry for many years. And his name was Lou Wasserman. A lot of our listeners are young people who might not know who Lou Wasserman is. Tell us who Lou Wasserman was. Lou Wasserman was the last of the great movie moguls, you know, in, in, in the ilk of, uh, of Daryl Sanek and people like that. This guy, he was fabulous. He knew everything. And, and it, it amazed me. I mean, if it came to movies, he knew about it. Tell me how, how you got involved with Lou and, and a little bit about that. Well, when I, 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 after working on three newspapers and not making any money, I decided to get into public relations, and I went to work for CBS television on a temp basis, and the guy that ran the, uh, the department said, would you be interested in working in the movie business? I said, sure, I love movies. So he sent me to see a guy named Phil Gerard, and I walked into the office, and uh, he said, are you Dick Delson? I said, yes. He said, you're hired. I said, you don't know anything about me. He said, if Len Spinrad <laughs> sent you, that's good enough for me. I was working at Universal for, uh, I don't know, three months. And my immediate boss, Jerry Evans, said, Lou Wasserman wants to see you. Okay. I mean, I knew who he was. How in the world did he know who I was? And what studio was he with at the time? Universal Pictures. Okay, so you got a call, and you were called to his I office. I got a call. Yeah, I got a call to come up to his office, and uh, there was never the thing that amazed me was here's a guy who ran a major company, and the only thing that was on his desk was a yellow legal pad, a pen, a telephone, and a picture of his wife Edie. And he said to me, what do you know about a program called Discover America? And I said, what do you want to know about it? He said, well, I don't know anything about it, but I've been appointed to a presidential commission by Lyndon Johnson. And I'd like you to go to Washington and attend a couple of meetings and get back to me and let me know what's going on. So I went, flew down to Washington and I attended a couple of these meetings. And some of the people there were Paris Hilton's grandfather. One trip who successfully destroyed uh, Pan Am Airlines. And I sat there listening to, to these people throw out ideas, and I'm thinking to myself, they don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> so I raised my hand and threw out some ideas and immediately sat down on my hands, okay? 
uh, the meeting was over, and I tried to race for the door to get out of there, and a guy named Robert McKinney, who headed the commission, was waiting for me. He said, I like some of your ideas. Would you write me a series of think pieces? Sure. I go back to New York, and I call a friend of mine, and I said, what's a think piece? <laughs> <laughs> so... We're on the phone the for life 10, of a Hollywood minutes. publicist, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're on the phone for 10 minutes or so, and we figured problem, objective, conclusion sounded pretty good. Being a writer, you know, and I've written all my life, it takes me maybe 20 minutes to write these things. And I send them down to Washington, and the next thing I know, Wasserman calls me back up into his office and said, uh, Ambassador McKinney wants to borrow you for 10 days to work on a balance of payments issue. That's more money flowing out of the United States than coming in. So I stayed at the Madison Hotel, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a quick walk to wherever I had to go. You know, I, I, my office was in Treasury, because if you've been to the White House, you realize that there's just so much space downstairs, and the upstairs is living quarters. So, you know, just so many people can have an office there. And Treasury was right across the street. So I started working on the movies, you know, and uh, one of the first movies I did was Jaws. It was Steven Spielberg's first movie, okay? And until that time, the highest grossing film had been Gone with the Wind, starring some guy named Clark Gable. You may (laughs) may not have heard of it, you know? And Olivia de Havilland and people like that. And uh, I did Jaws, and I started doing the publicity. It became the first movie to have a a domestic gross of more than $100 million. So, of course, you know, there was this thing in Hollywood called sequel-itis. So they made a sequel, and that was Jaws 2. And I was working on that, and one day my immediate boss, Jerry Evans, calls me in to his office and says they can't come up with an ad campaign. What do you got inside your head besides sawdust? I said, I don't know. So I go back to my office. Five minutes later, I come walking back into his office. And he says, I asked you to get... I said, I have it for you. And I give him a piece of paper. And it says, boy, is she going to get eaten? And he just looks at me. He crumbles the piece of paper, throws it at me, and tells me to get out of the office. (laughs) I said, no, I think you want to read... I think you want to read the second piece of paper. He said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. And he snatched it out of my hands, and it said, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. He bought me lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So you got paid lunch for one of the most famous cut lines in the history of film posters. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. He bought me lunch. And I'll tell you another story like that. When I went out on my own, after I I had enough of the studio system, you know, and I went out on my own, and one of the first movies I worked on was uh, Rambo with Stallone. I did the first one, and then I did the second one, Rambo 2. This is when Sly goes back to rescue POWs and literally wins the war. And the guys who were the executive producers were Mario Kassar and Andy Vanya. I was the third agency they hired, and I hadn't been hired yet. And I came in. And they started screaming. We've had, you're the third person we hired. 
and nobody knows how to come up with an ad campaign, and if you don't work out, we're going to fire you too. So I looked at him and I said, you got to get the shot of Sly with the bazooka. The ad campaign is no man, no law, no war can stop him. They looked at me and they said, that's the ad campaign. And I said, no kidding. <laughs> and that, that started it, <laughs> you know. And that's what I do for a living. Oh, my goodness, you know, Dick. Do you miss it? Sometimes, yeah, you know. But I've been there, done that. And then I get called back up at the Wasserman's office, all right? And on the back of his business card is written Lyndon B. Johnson. I said, I know who he is. He said he wants to borrow you for an indefinite period of time to work in the White House. What do you want to do? I said, the chairman of the board of MCA Universal is telling me that the president of the United States wants to borrow my services. If I say no, how much longer do I work here? He says, maybe 10 seconds. You know? And off I went to Washington. And I was, at, I was working in the White House for 10 months. And then Wasserman calls me one day and he says, I want you to go in and tell the president that you have to leave to come back and work on movies. And I said, I got a better idea. You call him and tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you working on at the White House all those years? The balance of payments. More money coming out of the falling out of the United States than coming in. But what do you I mean, mean by, a lot so of what it were you to do doing? travel. Oh, so, so what were you doing? Were you writing speeches? Creating, creating campaigns. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, a lot of it had to do with travel. You know, a lot of people were traveling abroad, and not that many people were coming this way, and we had to change it. And it was a tremendous deficit. And then... <laughs> We called it, the, the company referred to it as the, uh, uh, the, the Discover America Project. And one day, the company controller calls me and he says, what is the Discover America you know, uh, Project and who authorized it? And I said, Lou R. Wasserman and Lyndon Baines Johnson. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's going to question that. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you went back to work with Lou, and what movies yeah. were you working on at that time? Well, the first one of the first movies, you know, a lot at that time, at that period, Universal used to make some of the worst movies ever made. I mean, they were terrible, you know. And then I remember in 1973, there were 52 people sitting in the screening room, and the movie came off the screen, and there were 52 people in the room, including Lou Wasserman, and everybody in the room said, what are we going to do with this piece of garbage? And then a guy who was named High Martin, who was president at the time, was sitting behind me, grabbed the back of my hair, yanked my head back, and said, and what do you think of it? And I said, I love this movie. He said, you love this movie? How can you love this movie? I said, it's my childhood. They said, okay, you market it. The movie had a few guys in there like uh, Ron Howard, uh, Richie Dreyfus, Harrison Ford, you know, and on and on and on. The movie cost $770,000 to make and brought back $220 million in film rentals. It was called American Graffiti. And it's established Lucas and established all these other guys. George said went to a guy named Ned Tannen and asked him for a $50,000 advance 
to work on his next movie. And Tannen told him, no one's going to care about a movie that takes place in the future in space. So he took Star Wars to Fox. <laughs> and George recently, uh, George recently sold the, the, the property, the rights to the property, to Walt Disney Pictures for $4 billion. That's billion with a B. Unbelievable. And he said to me, he said to me, he said to me, do you realize you're responsible for this? And I said, no, George, you are. You made the movie. <laughs> hmm. You know, when you work in Hollywood, you do get the chance to meet some very interesting people. Who are some of That's your, right. who are some of your favorites you've worked with over the years and why? Harrison Ford, who was just simply, he doesn't know how to be nasty. He's a very nice guy. Ron Howard, who was an absolute delight. And I remember I was working on a movie uh, called Splash that, that Ron had done. And we were shooting on one of the little islands in the Bahamas, one of the little out islands. And while they were setting Daryl Hannah up in her fin, I was wandering across the, uh, you know, around the island, and I cut through some palm trees. And I came out on the other side. And this cabin cruiser comes up on the shore, and guys started loading bales of marijuana. Not baggies, bales. Oh, my gosh. This guy, yeah, this guy jumps off the boat carrying a submachine gun, comes running at me, and says, who are you? I said, I'm working on a movie here. You know, who gave you permission to work on any movie here? This is my island. You get off the island, or I'm going to kill you and everybody else. I said, okay, I'll, I'll tell the director. He said, who's the director? I said, Ron Howard. He says, Opie? <laughs> yes. He, I said, yeah. he says, I'll make you a deal. I said, what? He said, if you can get me his autograph, you can stay. So I walk over to Ron, who's in the midst of setting up a shop, and I shot, and I, you know, I grab his sleeve, and I tug out a little bit, and I said, I got to talk to you. He said, not now, Dick. I said, Ronnie, I got to talk to you now. And he turns around and he says, what? <laughs> I said, you see the guy standing there in the tree line with the submachine gun? He says, uh, yeah. I said, he says it's his island. And unless you go over there and give me your autograph, he's going to kill me, you, Daryl, and anybody else he can find. <laughs> what do you want to do? He said, I guess we're going over there and give my autograph. <laughs> he went over there, gave his autograph. The guy disappeared. We stayed. We finished the shoot. <laughs> Oh I mean, my I've gosh. had some really, I've had some crazy things happen to me in this business. Oh God, it's just, and I wrote a book about it called "It's a Movie." So, when is this book coming out? Are, yeah, I don't, I think you. Well, I have an agent, and the agent sent it to ten publishers, and I'm waiting to hear. You know, well, she, I have... the, the agent loved the book. The, she just loved the book. She said, "Did you really do all this stuff?" I said, "Yeah. What am I going to lie about? This is what I do for a living." Amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I hope the book does get published because I'll be the first person to buy one. I can hardly wait to oh, read it. Oh, it. it will get published. You know? And I remember when I did the movie Air Force One, I'll tell you how I got the title of the book. I did Air Force One, okay, which was a terrific movie. And after doing with Harrison Ford and after doing the publicity uh, to everybody, you know, who writes stories about movies, I suggested that we take it off the movie page and uh, 
show it to people in Washington who cover the White House. Good idea. Do it. So I started setting up screenings in Washington, and then I started calling people. And I called this one woman who worked for United Press International, who shall remain nameless because it's not nice. And I said, did you see the movie? And she said, yes. And I said, what do you think? She says, I hated it. I said, you hated it? How can you hate this movie? She says, I've been on Air Force One ten times, and there's no back ramp where the people can bail out. <laughs> and I said, really? There are no volcanoes in Los Angeles either. It's a movie. And that's how the title got made. <laughs> oh, my True story. Oh, Dick. True story. I think yeah. uh, you and I worked together on a lot of that stuff for many years. It's been fun knowing That's you. That's right. And uh, I do hope oh, you come oh, I back. Adore you. <laughs> Thank you, Dick. You're one of my favorite people. Come on. <laughs> and you are mine. You you got our, when I was working at uh, MGMUA and then UA, you got yeah. us through some tough times on some of those movies. And it was always nice to work with somebody that told the truth and, tells it like it is. I love the world of fantasy that we get to live through these films that come from Hollywood and from independence. And I'm so yeah. proud of everything you've done. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show. We're going to have you back again because I know you've got lots of stories to tell. I've been speaking with Dick Delson, who is an author, marketing, advertising, and publicity expert, and a long-time, very prolific member of the Hollywood community. Dick, thank you so much. And we're going to be waiting for your book to get published. Let us know and we'll, we'll let our listeners know as well. I will, okay. anytime. All and right. I'm talking to a lady named Serena Catania, who I have known for years and <laughs> love to death. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. You have a great day.